Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to do part two today that I hinted at a couple weeks ago on uh, how food works. And uh, I actually had quite a bit of feedback from this podcast. I was expecting only to hear people say, I hated it. Don't ever talk about that. Please talk about spiritual things. But I had quite a few people say, thank you. I'm grateful that you did that. I didn't know. And uh, I've done a ton of research on this subject. So I'm going to do number two here. And really, I could go three, four, five, six, seven, but um, get into some things really on uh, my food philosophy. You kind of have to develop... Um, you have to develop your your belief system on foods. For me, when I uh, started doing this research, this I don't know if I said this in the last podcast where I talked about this, but this research that I started doing on foods is really what made me, for the first time many years ago, is what made me question the government. It was like probably 2010 is when I really started looking and saying, man, this food system's corrupt and it's set up not in our favor. And it's really what made me look at the government and say, and man, if they're doing that to us, what other shady stuff are they, are they doing? So this was kind of the, the rabbit hole that I went down and why so much of the stuff that is called conspiracy, I believe, is because, uh, because first of all, there's facts behind it. But then number two, it's I have a, a distrust from the government from doing all this food research, like the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, a lot of people who are part of that board are used to be execs at Monsanto and these different food groups. So you have a, a, a definite conflict of interest when, you know, they can leave a company, leave, right? I'm retiring and then go become part of the Food and Drug Administration and make the laws. And so some of these things. But so I want to talk to you about um, my food philosophy the last time. If you if you missed it, please go back and listen to the last one. Talked about uh, really one main ingredient I spent time on was on MSG and then talked about what food is for. For me, my food philosophy is understanding that food is fuel. You're you're fueling to get something done. So I don't need to have my biggest meal at nine o'clock at night, at ten o'clock at night. And that's why people have slow metabolisms and people don't sleep right as they eat their biggest meal at night. If you could make one change, it'll be good for your health. It'll be eat in the morning, eat like a king in the morning, eat like a prince in the afternoon, eat like a pauper at dinners, or so they say. So uh, eating in the morning, and then um, now there's some people who do special diets for a short time, and they only eat four hours of the day, and it's between six and ten or whatever, and you know they do these things, and you can do that. But as a lifestyle, your body um, isn't meant to that to digest that type of food when you're sleeping. So food, uh, and then uh, there is food as pleasure. So understanding that we're made for people who are made to feast, but but every meal you can enjoy the food that you eat, but every meal shouldn't be guided by. I don't care the ingredients, I just want it to taste good. Your taste buds will actually adjust. So when you start eating healthy, you can get to where you love it, where your taste buds are more alive. I think I talked about this last time, but your taste buds in the morning time are the most uh, awake. They're the most uh, sensitive. So when people wake up, you can actually eat a meal in the morning that doesn't have a lot of sugar, that doesn't have a lot of fat, that doesn't have a lot of... uh, like flavor and your taste buds will taste it more. It's like when you fast, I remember when I did this 21 day fast at the beginning of the year, the first thing I ate, I mean, I did some broths and things, you know, to come off the fast. But the first solid thing I ate was I ate a baked sweet potato. And I was like, this is one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life. Just sweet potato with a little bit of butter and salt, you know, and it's like, I wanted to cry. I'm like, this is so good. You know, it's like your taste buds come alive. And so when you wake up, the worst thing that you could do is go eat something that's sweet and super salty. So people do, you know, an iced coffee with all their sugar in it, and then they do a, a bacon 
egg and cheese. And so you get the salty sweet. I know people are drooling as I talk about this on your way to work, right? And all you had was a little yogurt or whatever. But they, they, you don't want to hit the high notes on your taste buds in the morning because you can go and actually just have eggs and a slice of toast. You can have something simple that's not high in sugar, high in salt. And you can, and your taste buds will appreciate it. And then when you go to lunch, you don't feel like you need to hit the extremes. It's like there's diminishing returns. If you do high fat, high sugar in the morning, at lunch, you're going to want really, you wanna, you're going to want a burger with fries. You're going to want the salty, the fried. And by dinner, it's like you, you can, you can, that's why people can retrain themselves and eat quinoa and bro. And I don't eat that way on a regular basis where I'm eating quinoa and broccoli, you know, as, as a meal, I, I eat meat and I do different things, but but you don't have to um, push the gas in the morning time. So it's fuel first and then enjoying your food. Uh, it We talk about comfort food, but some people eat to comfort themselves. You know, I found when I was in door-to-door sales, I would take snacks with me. I'd take almonds and there's worse things that you can snack on, right? But I would take almonds and when I would get a rejection, I found that I immediately wanted to go into my bag of like almonds and raisins and just eat because it was comforting. Food can be comforting. So be careful when when you're eating. Some people have a bad day and then they just want to go eat comfort food. So be careful. Realize it's it's food. Every meal can't be geared around or I just want to, it can't be a splurge every meal. Uh, So let me move down here. Um, I'm going to go down to, um, let's see, let's talk about other ingredients. So we talked about MSG, but I'm going to read through some ingredients. You, you really need to, in this day and age, you have to develop a list of, it, of don't eats. You know, in years gone by, they didn't have to deal with this because there wasn't the stuff that they put in food today. We're really the first couple generations that are facing this. But you know, there was the, the Food and Drug Administration for years released this whole thing about how uh, low sugar was good for you. And so um, they, they said fats were bad for you. So it was like a low fat low sugar diet, which sugar in, in its granulated form isn't doing you any favors, but but they promoted like fake sugars. And so there's a whole generation of people who put Splenda in their coffee and sweet and low in their coffee and put stuff in their coffee that's, as, you know, aspartame, drink diet sodas, where there's these things that are so detrimental, they're chemicals. I remember hearing a story about a person who drank diet sodas that they end up getting a tumor and they went in and they removed this tumor. And when they cut it open, it was actually pure aspartame. It was a tumor filled with just aspartame because the body doesn't look at it as food. The body treats it as a harmful chemical. And so it secluded it and wrapped skin around it. I know that's disgusting. And basically said, I'm not digesting that as food. So people, when you put things in your, the people put things in their body, that it's not food, your body doesn't digest it. And it actually can become something that can just go into different parts of your body. And it's not, it's not digested as food. And then people wonder why their stomach, it's like if you put sand in your, uh, in your, the tank of your car, the gas tank, you're going to wonder why, well, this, that's not gasoline. That's not a fuel source. And so developing here, we are in 2021 and we're dealing with, with letters and ingredients, not, I mean, you should be able to know what everything is. So you look at a list and it's got MSG, monosodium glutamate, it's got EDTA and you can do research on, on do's and don'ts, but there's, there needs to be a short list. You need to become a label reader and look, and you'll, you'll begin to realize, you know, you can even, you can even start to talk about the brands and you can figure out the brands 
that that are full of this stuff. I'm going to give you a list of like eight or 10 companies that their food is full of Roundup. Roundup is the chemical that causes cancer and it goes, they spray it to kill bugs. But they've tested these, these brands and their foods are full of Roundup. So you wonder why people get cancer is you're putting pesticides in your food. Pest, you know, they're spraying to kill bugs. And here you, it's something that you're eating down the, uh, down the road. So things that aren't food, so artificial sweeteners. I think the only one that's actually worth anything that's any good is um, monk fruit sweetener. Maybe I heard is good. I don't do any sweeteners. I think you just adjust. If you do coffee, just adjust. Don't do sweetener and figure out how to like it. Artificial um, sweeteners, uh, MSG, disodium EDTA. If you see this word hydrogenated or hydrolyzed, to hydrolyze, hydro is water. Hydrolyzed means to basically inject water into something. So the, the way that it was explained to me, if you look at a lot of times in peanut butters, it's hydrolyzed protein or hydrolyzed oil, right? So they have a hydrolyzed oil and they do that because why? Because oil and water don't mix. So the hydrolyzed oil, it, it makes it that peanut butter doesn't separate. Naturally, there should be a separation in peanut butter. Now, there's ways to do it, I think, naturally where they uh, shake it and they do something where it blends permanently. But naturally, peanut butter should separate. And so they do these uh, hydrogenated oils, which, speak going back to bad fats, fats are actually very good for you. Fat is brain support. So fat, a low-fat diet is a you're-going-to-get-dumb diet. It's actually good to have fat in your diet, but it's good to have clean fats. It's good to have avocado. It's good to have nuts. It's good to have um, some animal protein, right, and animal fats, not too much on that. I mean, it's you eat protein, but the fat content to come from vegetables, to come from nuts, to come from those things, it's actually really good. Fat coats your brain and protects your brain. What a hydrogenated oil will do is where they've done that. It, your body doesn't, the body doesn't digest it as properly. And, and it's, it's like, it's like, so the protection of your brain is your, the fats you take in, right? So you, uh, uh, if you think of it like a castle and you have soldiers there to defend when attackers come. So there's all these soldiers lined up along the wall. You, you substitute some fake fats, you substitute some hydrogenated fat, and it's like a brain dead soldier. So here you have a whole section of the wall where enemies come to attack and your body thinks it's put in, your body sent the fat there, your body thinks it's installed these, these soldiers, but then the soldiers, when the attacker comes, don't do anything. So they're taking up the room that a soldier should take up, but then when they come, they don't fight. And that's what these hydrolyzed and hydrogenated fats will do. They're imposter fats that don't work. They're brain dead fats, right? And so they don't protect. And then people have issues and different things and memory loss. And then they wonder why. And it's a lot of times related to, and I'm not saying if you ate peanut butter, you know, if you ate, if you've eaten peanut butter once, that's hydrogenated, you're going to be an issue. But, but for many people, they hear this when they're young and then they don't make adjustments and then they reap the consequence of it. People put sweet and low their whole life. People put drink diet sodas, drink aspartame. There's people that I've heard of who started having memory loss and they went to their doctor and the doctor said, what do you, what do you do? Are, do you drink any diet soda? Yeah, that's all I drink. I didn't want the sugar content. Honestly, you'd be better off finding a Coke that has real sugar. Now, I, I'm not a fan of soda at all. I, I don't drink calories. I think soda, if you're going to do one or two a week, that's pushing it. Um, I think that's a habit you should break. If you look at it, if every time you drink soda, you take that amount of, t measure out what 40 grams in a 12 ounce soda of sugar looks like. 
it's not a small amount. That's how much sugar you're taking in. It's, it's, it's terrible for you. It's one of the habits that I think should be broken. But uh, hydrogenated, hydrolyzed, um, even things like BHA and BHT, it's butylated uh, hydra, hydroxytuline. You know, if you, if you have difficulty pronouncing it, that's a good rule of thumb. If you have difficulty pronouncing it, you probably shouldn't be eating it. Uh, they're used to preserve fats. It's derivative antioxidants used to prefer, def, preserve fats and oils. You know, oil is supposed to go rancid. Oil isn't supposed to be shelf-stable for a long time, right? Oil, if you leave butter on the counter, after a few days or a week, you're, if you close it off from air, you'll get a little, a little longer than a few days. But if you leave butter out, it goes bad. Why does milk go bad when left out? It's because of the fat content. So these ingredients they put into it to preserve fats and oils, but it causes cancer. It's proven to cause cancer. But there again, the FDA, you know, a lot of the ingredients that we're able to get here in the USA are illegal in other countries. The food distributors are not allowed to put them in there. If you go to, I think I mentioned this on the last podcast, but if you go to Canada and their places import Kraft macaroni and cheese for Americans, it, it... it's, it has a warning label that the cheese is known to cause cancer. They actually have to put a warning label on it. That's one of the things that I appreciate about California. They're the only state that's got the, the, the paperwork through and the law through that they have to, companies have to file special cancer causing, uh, anything that causes cancer. It's a California warning. So sometimes you'll buy like office furniture. It's crazy. And you'll read the label and it'll say one of our things that we use is like the, the stuffing for this has been sprayed with thing that California warning, <laughs> this spray has known to cause cancer, you know, but the food labeling there has to be more honest. So distributors actually have to make a California version if they've got certain ingredients in their food. And then another one, nitrites and nitrates. And uh, again, a preservative, you'll find this in beef jerky, but you'll see a lot of things will say nitrite free, nitrate free, but, uh, but bad for you. But, but looking through and you can do your own research on, if you just go to the internet and type in top 10 worst uh, ingredients for you, and some of these will come up, there's, you know, a good short list that you can follow. And then, uh, and then there's also a list on what I would encourage you when it comes to food. And you know, I'm not here to try to like rob people's joy. I'm here to, I'm here to help you to understand, and many of you, I'm sure, have done your own research, but that you're a steward of your own body. And so, yes, we believe in the power of God. I mean, we do the healing school here. This is the stuff I don't talk about at healing school because healing school is there for healing by the spirit of man, uh, by the spirit of God, through the spirit of man. So healing is spiritual healing. I don't talk about natural healing in healing school. This is stuff I don't talk about. If someone wants to hear it, they have to do their own research. But the reason this is important is because we're stewards, or stewards of this body. I talked about that on the last podcast, but you can look up uh, the dirty dozen and then the, the, it's like the dirty dozen and then the clean 13. And what that is, is things that you must, 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 fruits and vegetables that you must, must, must eat organic. And then some foods, fruits and vegetables that because of the thickness of their skin or whatever, you don't have to eat organic. So things like things that are very porous, like a peach, if you're going to eat a peach and an apple, because they're porous on the skin, if it's not organic, you're eating a lot of pesticides. So there's certain things. I don't eat unorganic apples. I don't drink apple juice that's not organic. I don't eat peaches that are not organic. 
there's there's a certain things. And then on the other side, avocados, you don't have to eat organic because the skin is thick. Now, if you eat organic, you probably get more nutrients, but you're not as susceptible. You're not, it's not as many poison, right? Pineapple, same thing, very thick skin. Uh, sweet potato, don't need to eat organic because it's under the ground. And so for whatever reason, it's it has less. When they've done checks, it's got way, 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 way less. I mean, if you can eat organic, all of these things, but there's some things that like you don't have to. And so looking and seeing. And so we're able to... Uh, get educated. You know, it's interesting was a search that I did. I started studying on, um, I started studying on, uh, eugenics, which is the movement that was to reduce the population. And that's where abortion came from. But if you look, you can find this information online. If you search founding members or just eugenics society of America, there's like a list of the founding members. And a lot of them are in the food business now. So to look at some of the founding members, Mr. Kellogg's was one of the founding members. One of the founding members who now, it's now the Post Cereal Company. So there's actually certain whole companies that I won't buy food products from. I'm going to go through them uh, and maybe mispronounce them. General Nils, a cereal company. Uh, Also very high in Roundup. This is a list. Uh, Pellogs Food Company. Nadisco. I'm mispronouncing them on purpose. PepsiCo. Any product by them. Um, Cowbell Soup Company. Little red and white logo. Uh, Big Debbie, they make the snack cakes. And back to mature. Um, Even though it sounds like you're eating something healthy. Not healthy. I don't know if like, the reason I did that, I don't know if I can get in trouble. If it's like coming against, but it's high, uh, you can, you can do research high in, high in Roundup and companies that not all of those were part of the eugenics movement, but actually quite a few were. So looking and educating yourself. A hundred years ago, they didn't have to deal with this because we didn't have the GMOs. We didn't have the pesticides. But I believe for us, it takes simple changes and makes uh, t- take simple decision to say, I'm, I'm educating myself. I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to be a steward. I want to run for the long haul. And I want to uh, finish my race. And I want to have a body that's healthy. And I want to do my part. Well, that's it for today. How Food Works Part 2. We love you. Uh, God bless you. We'll see you on the next podcast.